Welcome to Slime Wire. Choose your own adventure. Vaporwave has seeped into the material world. We are living in dangerous times. Join us on our quest for truth. In this episode the boys discuss Floral Shop and its consequences, the history of Vaporwave and the zeitgeist of Macintosh Plus. SlimeWire will always be here for you. SlimeWire will prevail. We will now begin the show. Mahalo. Welcome to the SlimeWire podcast. This is episode 2840, baby. Mahalo. Uh, I am your host, Triton T2, and I am, of course, talking to my wonderful co-host. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, greetings, everybody. I'm E.K. Mansensei. Uh, it's good to be here today. This is a monumental episode because this takes place merely days after the 10-year anniversary of Floral Shop by Macintosh Plus, the pot, the definitely the biggest vaporwave album ever. Yes, of all time. The aftershocks and the tremors of uh, its arrival are still being felt to this very day. Yeah, so I guess just to like bring us up to this point, we we and this is why we're a little bit late. We had a whole other episode planned. Um, yeah because we didn't know we like we just simply didn't know and then we had to retcon everything we had to shut it all down and Mm -hmm. really like really take a look at floral shop um as an album as a a movement as a cultural the cultural zeitgeist that it is and really try and make something important and so we're we're really gonna focus in this is the this is the very first SlimeWire Focus series episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Focus on Floral Shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. SlimeWire so, presents Focus on Floral Shop coming at you live and direct. Yeah. Uh, Go yeah, ahead. so it should tell you something that uh, we we had a whole nother great show planned for you. We had to trash it all because we had forgotten or rather repressed the fact that uh, it was the 10th anniversary of Floral Shop. Such monumental occasions. Uh, sometimes uh, you have to repress them in order to continue living. So uh, <laughs> it really isn't our fault. Uh, and yeah, but once we realized what we had to do, we had no other choice but to postpone uh, and rework the whole episode. So on December 9th, 2011, Floral Shop debuted on Beer on the Rug, uh, one of the original, uh, it wasn't even really a Vaporwave label, but a lot of the original Vaporwave albums came out on Beer on the Rug. Floral Shop is by Macintosh Plus. Of course, uh, Macintosh Plus is an alias of Vectoroid, who has many, many other Vaporwave aliases. And this is mostly considered to be the biggest Vaporwave album ever. Um, And in some ways the first Vaporwave album ever. Yes. But that is controversial. Ah, yeah. But, I mean, was this the first, was there anything before this album that people referred to as Vaporwave? So the very first, um, so I think Canon, I think the very first Canon Vaporwave album was Echo Jams Volume 1 by Chuck Persons, which of course was an alias of One O Tricks Point Never. 
But yeah. that album, when it came out, like it, Vaporwave didn't have a name. It, there was no scene like mm. a, about Vaporwave. Um, that album came out, and I specifically remember because I was big on 4chan at the time. I was big on the Mew, the 4chan music board. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, and that album was really popular on there basically from the day it came out but it was never tagged as vaporwave i first downloaded it because i was really into chopped and screwed music at the time and i was really into like instrumental hip-hop and yeah. if you if you remember he came in i was in a bit of a cringy phase where i was trying to rap you know sure sure yeah yeah so, uh, so you so, thought it would be a good beat to rap over Basically, so I yeah, I saw the album and it was tagged as chopped and screwed Muzak. Um, do you know what Muzak is? Yes, I'm aware of the term. So Muzak is music that is created for a capitalist goal. It's it's <laughs> that's I mean that's literally the uh the that's literally what it is. It's music that yeah. like you hire somebody to make a song for a commercial or a employee training video it's not meant yeah. to be an artistic uh thing well i think i think that's part of what music is but another part is that like i would distinguish between like the music on like a, a company training video and music which i think has a strong vibe of like music that is specifically designed for a certain physical space like a like this might not be the exact definition, but when you say music, I tend to think that it's music that's designed for uh, uh, like a public space, usually like a restaurant or another place where people go to consume stuff and purchase stuff that is, uh, and the music is made to kind of establish a mood at at a sort of public space. So it's a lot like, I think music is, has a lot to do with uh, like uh, the kind of stuff that like Brian, Brian Eno was doing where he was making that like ambient music that was supposed to accentuate a space, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's part of what uh, music is. And I feel like that is not a digression because that has a lot to do with what Vaporwave became especially in like the early years where it was like a uh, shopping mall uh like the aesthetic of a shopping mall or like of a certain space goes hand in hand with vaporwave especially early vaporwave yeah vaporwave can be defined um in many ways as muzak and we'll get into that later but yeah. um but that's the main idea behind muzak is that it's not it's not an artistic statement by the creator. It is something that is, uh, it's something that you pay somebody to create music. It, yeah, has, a, yeah, yeah. it has a very direct relationship to capitalism. Yeah. But um, so anyway, but uh, so yeah, so I saw that album. It was tagged as Chopped and Screwed Music. Sure. I was really into uh, Chopped and Screwed at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I downloaded it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it blew me away. And but I didn't really, I didn't know what vaporwave was. Vaporwave didn't have a name at the time. I ended up using. There's a sample on that album of uh, a Tupac song, "Me Against the World," and yeah, I ended yeah. up taking that sample and I actually recorded a rap song to a track. 
off of echo jams before i ever knew what vaporwave was yeah um which is interesting but yeah, um yeah. so echo jams came out this is sort of the like the mainstream canon of vaporwave um sure. after echo jams came out a bunch of people realized like so back then the genre wasn't called vaporwave it was just called echo jams and it was this idea that it was sort of a folk idea that anybody could do it anybody could get on their computer find some like smooth uh pop songs and slow them down and make their own versions um i think yeah. one tricks point never specifically said that the the way he came up with the album was he was working at a grocery store and they would play they would play the same soundtrack every day and so he would hear the same songs over and over and he realized he only liked certain parts of the songs and yeah. so he was like what if i just take this one part and just repeat it over and over again sure over and over again and uh yeah and then so after that james ferraro came out with a far side virtual which mm -hmm. is like sonically it's nothing like echo jams at all yeah, um, yeah it's all original midi music that sounds like you know like something you'd hear in an elevator at a mall or something i'm I a feel big like it... i'm a big believer in that album i love it a lot i know you specifically are not that big on that album <laughs> yeah i've for many years tried to get you into farside virtual and tried to like explain the greatness of farside virtual but um you never seem to get it so what, well, what's your take on farside virtual i uh i appreciate the concept of farside virtual that it's uh uh the creator talking about how it's like the music that they would play in hell and like it's this like kind of peppy music that is so like uh it really does sound like like a horrible horrible psychological experience to listen to it which is why i don't like to actually listen to it but like listening to it i do understand the purpose and like the point of it and i respect and admire it a lot uh, i just like it's something that i I mean, I have listened to parts of it. I just would never voluntarily like sit down and listen to it all the way through just because it it hurts me to listen to it, you know? Well, I still implore you to do that one day. One day you will understand uh, the beauty of Farside Virtual, but um, but that's yeah. uh, beside the point. So, so speaking of if we're going through the Vaporwave canon... Yeah. Um, a lot of this, like how people understand Vaporwave to have been. So a lot of this is not exactly what happened, but this is the mainstream narrative of how Vaporwave came to be, because this is the narrative that was told in the infamous Wasek's A Brief History of Vaporwave uh, YouTube documentary. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, Oh. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the, no, I was just going to say, uh, the his, history is written by the victors. In this case, <laughs> the victor is Wath X. <clears throat> but yes. it's, yeah, it's a revisionist history. Yeah. Yeah, so according to Wath X, um, Echo Jams and Farside Virtual, those two styles came together um, to create Floral Shop by Macintosh Plus. And that yeah. was, and Macintosh Plus has been said, to be the first true vaporwave album as in yes. the one that was first created with after vaporwave had been established um yeah after there was like an idea of what the genre 
was supposed to be. But if we're looking at actual history of the in 2010s internet music scene, that's probably not exactly the case. Sure. I mean, is there anything in the interim between Echo Jams and uh, Farside Virtual and then, uh, or yeah, Echo Jams, Farside Farside Virtual, and then Floral Shop that you would say uh, anticipated Floral Shop? Is there anything that would disrupt that timeline? Yes, there is. So there are, I would say, uh, there's a few things. First was there is an artist called 18 Carat Affair that has been putting okay. stuff out since around like 2009, 2010. Yeah. Um, definitely before Floral Shop, which was December 2011. Um, sure. They were doing the same thing. They were slowing down pop songs, but they had like a, uh, you know, they had like, they were doing it within chill wave. And so yeah. they were singing over a lot of these tracks and stuff. Um, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Of course, there's also the like the famous Portlandia theme song by Washed Out is a slowed down sample of an Italo disco song. But that's still firmly within a chill wave aesthetic. Yeah, that was style. explained within chill wave. And yeah, then there's also sense. another artist called Skeleton, which was doing very similar things in 2010. But again, this was before Vaporwave had a name, before anybody knew what it was. But so what I would like to talk about is, um, and of course, uh, Vectroid had other aliases. Vectroid had basically made Floral Shop under a different name, and it was a completely different album, but it was like the basis of Floral Shop. Like Vectroid had been experimenting with this before. Sure, sure. But um, this was all around at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I would like to say that, like, uh, there's a recent, um, like, within the vaporwave scene, uh, there's been a recent, like, amount of uh, old heads from the vaporwave scene that have sort of come out and, like, they've tried to explain the origins of vaporwave. Yeah. And um, it's really hard to, like, it's hard to say that what they're saying isn't true because mm-hmm. they're old heads and they remember. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But their basic narrative is that Vaporwave originated on Turntable FM, which was like a website where people could share music. Um, Vectroid <laughs> was there, Internet Club was there, um, Luxury Elite and Skeleton Lipstick. A lot of people that weren't making music at the time, but would end up making Vaporwave later. And they said that that's like where they, their like group chat in Turntable FM was where they coined the term vaporwave really so that was where the term was invented and vectroid well, was in on that was in on that group chat vectroid was definitely in on that group chat but yeah there i specifically remember because i was on 4chan and i was on the the music board mu yeah so before vaporwave like ever existed um you know of course there was chill wave and there was Witch House. Yeah. And it was a meme on 4chan on Mew was that every year the uh, posters of Mew would invent a new micro genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in 2008, it was Chill Wave. In mm. 2009, it was Witch House. Witch House. Sure. And then in 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in yeah. 2010, it was Vaporwave. And so... Gotcha. My alternative history is that 
maybe there were people on Turntable FM talking about Vaporwave, but I think the I think it was actually coined on 4chan hmm. in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's befitting the uh, the general tradition of Vaporwave that there's no consensus about like who uh, was able to make it. And, you know, that name was just floating around, just waiting to be like discovered by someone, you know? Yeah. It's also uh, worth putting out there that while all this stuff on Turntable FM was happening, Internet yeah. Club, one of the earliest Vaporwave producers, um, was a trip code user on the music board on 4chan before he made music he was a trip code guy and so people like he was a presence on the forum and then he started making music and so he was promoting his stuff on 4chan while he was also promoting it on turntable at that hmm. okay so he's the potential missing link between these two forums where vaporwave made its first uh at its first appearance yeah, but then that all coalesced into Floral Shop. Yeah. Floral I Shop, he... I believe, was released after, like, Vaporwave. Like, so that's the interesting thing about Floral Shop when you listen to it, because yeah. it's like a flagship album, and it Floral Shop would not make sense if the concept of Vaporwave hadn't already existed, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there was a like a signifier without like a signified and then Vectroid created the signified. There is, there is the concept of Vaporwave, no actual albums as of yet that fit the category. And or like they didn't precisely fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it had to exist as a concept before anybody could make an album that was it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, we've talked about this, but Floral Shop, like the presentation of Floral Shop, like with the cover art, like that yeah. Roman bust over the fucking pink, yeah, Roman like, bust, checkerboard, like checkerboard, pink, some Japanese shit on there. Yeah, it's so on the nose to the point of being obnoxious. Yeah, and so yeah. it's to me, Floral Shop is sort of like, Oh, you want vaporwave? Well, I'll give you vaporwave and bam, bam. floral shop. And it's bam. like it's so in it's the most vaporwave thing to this day, yeah. I think. Like even without like uh even if you say that like, oh, uh she got the concept from here and she got like the sort of musical style from here. Uh there's so much like it's so much more than the sum of its parts, you know. And yeah. I don't think, like, was that, like, was the Roman bust, like, checkerboard uh, VHS, was the Vaporwave aesthetic around in any capacity before that album? Or did that album, like, totally birth, like, that aesthetic? Because I think it did. I don't think that there was anybody, I don't think that, like, internet uh, art was like that before that album. I think it was the first. I mean, Echo Jams, of course, had like the like late '90s like video game aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Farside Virtual obviously had the like early 2000s like, uh, you know, Apple like sort of aesthetic. But I yeah. think Floral Shop really brought it together. Yes. So yeah. like, I really do think that there's something 
more than the sum of its parts uh, on the album cover alone. Like that, it seems like it just completely birthed that style of like, yeah, vaporwave aesthetic art, you know? And like, it's so funny that it's like the first, it's the first vaporwave album and like, it's the first album with just a big Roman bust right there on the, right there. On the cover, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's just all there from the very start, you know, like it didn't take any time at all, uh, which is just so funny to me. And like that, it's also like, it's the Japanese subtitle. All the tracks are in Japanese. Like it's just, yeah, it created all the of the tropes. package. Yeah. 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 All of the tropes are like right there. There is really almost, nobody has like radically recreated that style since uh since floral shop i think like people like change it around and change it around drastically but it has not substantially changed since then i think yeah i mean it's yeah it's continued to this day definitely with the japanese track titles and like the sort of cover of it and um Yeah, it's just so like from from even so from the mainstream narrative vaporwave canon that was given forth in the Wasex documentary, and uh-huh. from the alternative history given from the vaporwave OGs that are now re-entering the scene and explaining their lore, and then even <laughs> yeah. from me, who's just a bystander who happened to be on 4chan at the same time, yeah. like it all comes down to floral shop. Yeah, it's undeniable. Every single time. Yeah, you can disagree about about where, like, the prelude to floral shop began. But, like, yeah, floral shop, once it hit the scene, it was was all over. Vaporwave was born. Yeah, so now let's talk about floral shop, the album. Like yes. the 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 sounds, the, the, the musical presentation. Content. Um, it yes. was very polarizing upon release. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I know you recently listened to the Anthony Fantano review of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just did as well. The Anthony Fantano review is famously sampled on the last track of Mesh's album Dream Sequence. Yes. by the way um if anybody wants to go check that out but so like what are your thoughts about floral shop as an album do you like it uh do you not like it what do you think about the like the polarizing nature of it well i think while we're on the topic of like the pure iconic status of floral shop then it's hard to uh like it's it's a hard album to review for me because just track 2 is like uh so fucking like upon listening to the album again uh there's a lot to like i like i think the front half of the album is a lot better for me than the latter half of it oh really i had the opposite like i was re-listening to it over the last couple days i've released to it like three times and i have a newfound appreciation for the back half for the final half yeah yeah i uh i think that a lot of the stuff in the back half is a little bit more pleasing to the ear, but a little bit less on the experimental side, except for that last track where it kind of like, it just sort of devolves into like a wash, you know, uh, yeah. at the very end. Uh, 
which I thought was great. I thought it was cool. But like, I feel like the latter half is a little bit more catchy and a little bit more, yeah, easy to listen to. But the stuff on the front half, I feel like is a lot more representative of what, like, again, it has a lot of the sounds that were would go on to become the representative sounds of Vaporwave. Um, and again, yeah, just like listening to that, like, that second track is like so, it has so many it's still really feelings. good. Like, oh, oh, it's still great. It's a classic. I love listening to it. Like, I can't get enough of it. And it does sort of, like, I am a total recidivist uh, asshole music listener who doesn't respect, like, the fullness of an album and, like, just wants the high of the best song in an album repeated over and over again. So listening to that song and then listening to the rest of the album like I was kind of like, yeah, this is good, but like it's it just can't beat that uh, that second track. And I wonder, I think a lot of that is just because of its uh, status or like the meaning that has accrued behind that song. You know, like it is the it's hey, a it's, meme. Yeah, it's a meme, and but it's used to evoke like so much like when it's used to evoke certain feelings on the internet behind like memes the like that all compounds into the into the experience of just listening to the song you know but uh uh like it it's like listening to it i feel like you can feel so clearly uh a bunch of different conflicting feelings like the uh like the sound of like being alone in your room at night and being on a computer, like it, that song embodies that perfectly. And like the sound of like simultaneously being like, it's just a song that sounds like irony, like early 2010s irony, the song, you know, um, like it totally encapsulates that. And uh, there's like a, a profound like loneliness, but also like a coolness to it. Like a, it, it's like you feel like uh, like you're alone, but you're cool for being alone. I don't know <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, it's yeah, so I mean, There's so many, so many feelings that are embodied in that song for me. And I'm not sure if it's because of the song itself or because of the history, you know? Yeah, I definitely like we definitely have a long history of like listening to that song like yeah. in the apartment <laughs> like yeah. getting manner. getting high yeah. and getting drunk. But I mean like yeah. there's something about like um like I was listening to it recently while I was walking home from work and I got to the part where they just keep repeating like it's all in your head, it's all in your head. Yeah, and yeah. um yeah, I looked up and there's this giant fucking mural of Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> staring, oh, yeah, staring down on me. And um, yeah, there's something like that song really evokes like not only like the feeling of being alone in like a room, yeah. but it also evokes like this sort of digital dystopia and this sort of like, like... I don't know. It's like this weird, like 
not knowing what's happening in the world and like things are going crazy and there's something that's comforting about taking like a really simple uh like soft pop song and just slowing it down because that's also like when we talk about like why vaporwave like connected with so many people is because i think most people that at least like are into vaporwave like we're like internet kids yeah um, people that like spent a lot of time on their computers like at some point like when you were like eight or nine years old you figured out that you could slow down a song on like windows media player or something yeah yeah and there's something comforting about that it like sort of brings you back to like just like just being like it's like music production but at the most base level where you're literally where you're literally like how can i affect this sound you know yes yes and uh yeah yeah it's like the most primitive level of like uh of like when you're a kid and you realize that that you uh, can uh, you can affect a song in some way you can you have control over a sound yeah it can and that you can affect your experience with a song yeah yeah you can add something you can choose to experience it in a different way yeah and so I think, or uh, go ahead I think that uh, the uh, uh, one thing that uh strikes me about like when it uh the fact that it slowed down and having listened to the original diana ross song like that's another thing that i like about that song is that like that is one song where the slowing it down part really really changes the sound and the mood you know because like the Diana Ross song that it's based off is like this upbeat, like disco track. It's supposed to make, get your heart pumping, get your, get, you know, uh, uh, get you going. Um, but just slowing it down and adding some reverb effects makes it just like the chillest song of all time. And it makes you feel like, like it, it makes you feel like you're in some kind of like palace reclining on a throne being fed grapes. <laughs> that's another that's another another feeling that i get from it you know yeah um, that directly and, ties into like the uh mainstream music like understanding of it where yeah. like i remember in that fantano review he was saying that like there's no artistic merit to yeah. what vectroid is doing to these samples beyond what the original artist already did yeah and um like for, for me that like it's like fantano i like fantano for the most part but i think yeah. that's one of the stupidest things he's like ever said yeah 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 i mean it, well it's a contradictory like uh uh statement if you're going to say that like all of hip hop has any artistic merit you know like any hip hop that uses samples. Well, this you... is way different though, because this isn't like, like Vectroid wasn't flipping samples in the way that a hip hop uh, producer does. Yeah. Like Vectroid was literally was doing the most primitive thing. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it, I think it took a while for people to understand, of course. Mm-hmm. 
but um like i understand how people could listen to vaporwave and like not understand what was going on which is yeah yeah, i mean this is a thing i wanted to get into later but let let's just get into it right now but um Mm. so floral shop stands i think most importantly and vaporwave as a whole as conceptual works of music that transcend music culture yeah yeah. as a whole i think the the mainstream idea of being a music producer or being a musician um you have to like it's built on you have to have skill it's built on you have to work and you have to like you have to have the right programs it's an industry and you have to do like you have to work your way up to be a successful musician vaporwave flipped that entirely on its head and said well after floral shop came out here's all these 15 year old kids that are just going to slow down some 80s funk songs and that music is going to be way more like cool than like and like not just cool but like way more sort of sincere and artistic than Mm -hmm. the general output of most mainstream artists and so i understand where music critics such as fantano it's impossible for them to comprehend that because they've spent their entire careers looking at music as a art form that is built on skill but vaporwave takes it and says well what if skill doesn't matter at all like yeah yeah i mean i think that's not completely like unheard of in the history of music in general um but like the idea that like you can make good music without uh, outside of the kind of like uh, demands of the traditional route of music. And like, I think that the centering it around like skill uh, is an interesting way to think about it. Cause to me, it's like, they kind of found like an exploit, you know, like they found a cheat in music to where you can make it really good uh, but you don't have to. They're like they're like the speedrunners of music. They figured out how to make a good album uh, without having to do all of the shit that most people do to make a good album. You know. But I feel um, like it goes even further because, like, I think vaporwave as like the scene of vaporwave and that idea of just stealing something and like i don't know like the idea of making like a really good vaporwave album for me when i discovered vaporwave it almost invalidated um all other music to me yeah i would listen to like like you can't like get into vaporwave and then listen to a rock band and go like oh this is cool because it's not once you realize that that's all fake and it's all industry climbing stuff yes. like yeah, yeah and it's like what these guys are doing by being so against the music industry that their albums are impossible to ever become like really popular unless through some grassroots movement like yeah. it creates a new sort of paradigm where like the it's yeah, i don't know it's hard to explain but it it invalidated other music to me and it made me realize that like 
these people that are trying to have rock bands or whatever like they're just playing the industry yeah yeah and it makes it insincere whereas somebody Mm -hmm. like yeah whereas floral shop is a really like genuine like these are sounds and these sounds sound really good you know yeah yeah these are the sounds that i like here give i'll let you listen to them i do think that yeah like the idea i think there is something interesting about the idea that i like it flipped for you and some like what most people thought of as the and you witnessed that things. happen you witnessed that happen in me as well yeah 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 in that entire time uh, that we were living together well i think it had already started well yeah i guess it had already started when i first started living with you i think i think it was just in the process of starting maybe right? but i don't think i had like really got no i guess i probably did i got really into it when i was working at Papa Murphy's and I yeah yeah, that was yeah it was probably like the same time yeah yeah. I think you had just started getting into it uh when I started living with you actually but uh yeah like the so I I think that the idea of like uh it actually is the most sincere music because it is not uh it's not an it's not appealing to like this big to any kind of big uh, uh, music industry thing. And it's not, uh, yeah, it's not these kind of like status seeking uh, people that are trying. Yeah. I, I, so like a band or like a rapper is like doing their best to try to become really good instrumentalists and write really great songs. And then once you listen to that song, it sounds like they're not trying at all. But beneath that that veneer of effortlessness, there is like some dudes that are constantly working and stuff. So in that sense, it's like really insincere. Well, they're also working on stuff that is separate to the music. Like they're working on um like promoting themselves uh as a brand they're working on getting on shows or getting on radio parts you know and that's something that vaporwave never at least at this point in the vaporwave history what we're talking about that was never a part of it for sure yeah um yeah and I guess like within like rock music and really all kinds of music, but I guess especially like most rock music and then even like hip hop music, especially like earlier hip hop music, there's the idea of like anti-commercialism and you shouldn't let uh, corporate influence alter your work. But then really, like, nobody within the mainstream music scene actually does that. And they're all trying to create what they think is going to be popular. But Vaporwave producers create what they know could never be popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, I think that's all valid. Uh, I don't know. I Like, when... Floral Shop came out, I remember thinking, like, and this was, Floral Shop came out, I think, 
pretty before, like way before you actually got into Vaporwave. Yeah, it did. It came out like a year, like I didn't really get into Vaporwave until like around 2014, maybe 2015. When I first got into it, Dream Catalog was already like bumping. And so that's sort of, that's a big part of why I completely flipped where all of a sudden I found Vaporwave and it was this entire world, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it It was was like, yeah, it was like, oh, why am I listening to the newest, like, I don't know, Animal Collective album when I could be listening to these 50 albums that just got dropped on Dream Catalog or Business Casual, you know? And it like, yeah, it was like, it really made me feel like I was in the know. It made me feel like there was like, I, it like cynically, it made me feel like, Oh, there's this new thing that I can feel better than everybody else because I know about this. Of course. They don't know about it. And all that music you're showing me is stupid and it's lame because it's like industry bullshit. And like vaporwave existed outside of the music industry at that time. Yeah, I, I think there's another thing, like specifically, I know that you took like Animal Collective as an example, like just out of a hat, but I think it's like specifically like the music that I was into before uh, I started listening to Vaporwave was like, well, me too, was, yeah. Like, well, the stuff that Vaporwave replaced was this kind of like experimental music, like ex- it was not like indie music and you know a lot of it like escaped like what chill wave was trying to do but a lot of it was chill wave and suddenly like specifically something like animal collective is exactly what seems to me like kind of lame and kind of uh pointless compared to what vaporwave was doing at that time um and uh yeah but getting back to like when well, they, really when... quick before you get back to that is um like i remember at the time like discovering like uh 3d blast or something yeah yeah and, like the stuff that they were doing with samples and i remember being like why isn't like this guy on stone's throw or something like yeah, why yeah, is sure. like why is stone's throw pushing like this mad lib album that like you know you could have heard 10 years ago it's the same like we all get it like sample manipulation but like why aren't they paying attention to like new like the new way that kids are like looking at samples like something yeah, that 3d sure. blast was doing uh yeah uh uh yeah i mean there's the question of like why it never got off the ground and never got popular but i think that a big part of the reason uh was floral shop and the initial impressions of floral shop and how like people reacted to it when it came out as well as vaporwave in general because vaporwave was like the embodiment of being a snobbish like the hipster you know it was seen as like the pinnacle of that like when it first came out yeah it was like it was the ultimate thing of like uh something that you would find and then uh feel better than other people for not knowing about like when it came out in 2011 i remember specifically being like this is like the dumbest hipsteriest thing ever this entire like 
specifically in regards to floral shop and macintosh plus like i remember were you into it did you know about it back then oh i knew about it like when it came out in 20 like i knew about it by the time i was uh either a senior or a sophomore in college for sure so when i came to you and was like this is what i'm really into like what did you think about that originally i didn't i just didn't uh well, if, yeah, at first I thought, like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, yeah. seriously, like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, I just thought it was, and, like, I mean, when you came and said that you liked, when you started saying, oh, Vaporwave is really cool, yeah, at first I just completely wrote you off and didn't even want to be involved at all. And I just thought, okay, well, whatever. Uh, but I hadn't, like, I hadn't even thought about it and did not know that people were continuing to make vaporwave music since floral shop dropped. Like I basically just read about floral shop on the internet, decided it sounded lame and just wrote it off and then didn't think about vaporwave again in any capacity at all until I moved in to Grace Manor apartments. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like, that is, so I think a lot of the negative reception to Floral Shop is why people to this day won't touch any kind of vaporwave, you know? And I think that is like a big, huge part of the conversation. Like it started with Floral Shop. People thought Floral Shop was the most hipster garbage thing that you could possibly be into. And like that still reverberates to this day in the vaporwave scene because now everybody's trying to like escape the label of being vaporwave because it's career suicide to be vaporwave and it always has been you know yeah definitely yeah so like a big impetus for like people like for the george clanton uh strain of vaporwave artists and even like hke constantly trying to get away from that original label and saying how much they hate the term vaporwave like that's all that started, I mean, from the very beginning with Floral Shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think that, uh, yeah, that's wild. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, I feel like we, we've digressed harshly from what we were going to talk about, which was the musical content of the album. <laughs> so getting back to that. Well, I mean, um, this is this is all very important, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The musical content. What do you think about like the very idea of stealing copyrighted music and re-releasing it under? I think a lot of people uh, forget about this part of vaporwave, but it was literally stealing music and re-releasing it under foreign false names. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's like it's so like i hate like i don't know i don't want to be like the vaporwave is anti-capitalist guy anymore like i'm yeah. done i'm done beating that drum but yeah. like that's so obvious to like the original like idea of vaporwave is that it is like this anti-capitalist like literally we're stealing music we are yes. re-releasing yeah. it under yeah. different names for zero yeah. money for free and um 
that and that became an in the intellectual understanding of vaporwave and people wrote about it like scholarly writers wrote about vaporwave in that way um yeah mostly the dummy mag article by adam harper Mm. but um yeah which which floral shop directly fed into so yeah yeah what do you think about that um i think that the yeah well a it's definitely interesting that like that edge of vaporwave has been totally lost and i think oh, it was completely lost like i mean it's I not also, there at all anymore it's so sad i wonder if it's really possible anymore to even have that be edgy just because uh sampling and like taking shit has become so easy and so ubiquitous in the internet age that like that wouldn't even really be seen as like a big deal today but yeah it was like a big deal i think it also feeds into the like i mean it's not like most of these albums and especially floral shop is like they're taking the music but they are manipulating it in some way right yeah it comes down to a question of does this have artistic merit yeah yeah and yeah uh and then the question of whether it has artistic merit depends on whether I think there's also that question of like, is it, uh, does it take a high level of skill on the part of the artist to do this? And then is it meaningfully different from the original uh, music that was like sampled from? And um, uh, yeah, I do think that Vaporwave is like a state, like there's music that's been like that before. Um but I think what was different about the original uh, era of Vaporwave was that the whole point was to make you question whether, question the idea of what is like, what is value, what is like the value of uh, uh, skill or originality or artist. It's making you question the idea of artistic merit itself, you know? <laughs> but okay what were you on uh so uh talking about yeah the question of artistic merit itself is what is brought up in the earliest vaporwave um and i think like that's part of the original reaction to uh uh floral shop it was like People were like, really, really is like that conversation was had around floral shop. Like the question of, yeah, is, is, come on, here. come on, guys. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really, really? This is just crazy. This is just too much. You know, like that was totally the uh, uh, original reaction and my reaction to uh, to floral shop. Like, that was exactly what I thought. Like, oh, come on. This, this is just ridiculous. Like that's exact. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that um, that is part of the really conceptual uh, uh, lattice work of the original vaporwave movement, and I think that like. Um, like it that music is like it doesn't really 
you can't listen to it without that context and appreciate it as much you know like the fact that it's slowed down like elevator music uh that's repeated over and over like that gives you this weird kind of ghostly nostalgia or whatever blah 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 but uh it really like without that knowledge of the fact that it's like specifically stolen copyrighted music that's slowed down like if this was if it was made like if we found out today that floral shop was actually all original instrumentation that vectroid played recorded and then sampled and chopped down and slowed down and yeah, it would up. be lame as hell like... yeah it, it would instantly lose the effect of the album like it would not have that effect so it's uh very important to like the constitutional like dna of vaporwave that it is stolen yeah, and I mean, I think that ties into my earlier point about, like, the traditional music fan's brain, the traditional music reviewer's brain, where they can't, like, the the idea is that this is music with an added element to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if, and if you can't comprehend that added element, then, like, if you just show somebody, like, and I've run into this, I'm sure you've run into this, and you're personal life many times but it's like oh listen to this vaporwave song it's really good and yeah. you know people will be like yeah it's good but like you know like yeah, they don't they don't understand right <laughs> yeah it's immediately yeah. written off they don't understand the like the ideological fucking like basis for it you know yeah yeah i mean i've had i've uh i've recommended like uh like when um, the uh, when Death's Dynamic Shroud's uh, spiritual ex- successor to Ultra Light Living Like This dropped. Heavy Black Heart, of, of course. Of course, Heavy Black Heart. Uh, I uh, showed it, I recommended it to my coworker, and he listened to it and he was like, oh yeah, this is like, like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. And then just like never listened to it again, you know? And I think yeah. it was just like, because... <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I had that's, a that's I had a reasonable. coworker that was like, "What album should I listen to on my bike ride home?" And I was like, "Listen yeah. to I'll Try Living Like This." I love yeah. I'll Try Living Like This. It's one of my favorite albums ever. I think it's genius. Yeah. And like, he listened to it, and he like the next day he was like, "Yes, chill," you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, um, I can't remember. Uh, something. Oh yeah, we were talking about the uh, recommending various vaporwave to people and uh, having them reject it wholesale. Oh yeah, I mean it's like if you don't have the like the basis of knowledge about it, it just like yeah. it can't it can't like hit past a certain point. And I think that like a lot of what's going on in vaporwave right now is like people are trying to like do like shows or. DJ sets and they're trying to mix Vaporwave in with like house music or fucking like whatever else and it's like bro why don't you just like make like let Vaporwave be what it is like let it exist on the internet let it be this like weird scene that like only people that really care about it are into it you know and it's like 
yeah, I don't think it really needs to, I don't think there needs to be this like big thing to like make it mainstream, like accepted in the mainstream. Oh yeah, for sure. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah. So. Well, we were talking about like the actual, like the, the, uh, the like sonic palette of floral shop, like what it yeah. actually is. Um, yeah. So what do you think about like the the like repeated like the the very vaporwave trope of like repeating samples making them sound like they're clipping like the fact that it sounds like your iPod is like dying on you or like a cassette tape is like dying on you and like yeah. how does that relate to like our like existence and like our experience dealing with like the the world now and like the digital dystopia and like hell that we like find ourselves in um yeah i think that this album is a lot more like uh it definitely has a lot more like flair and like personality than a lot of vaporwave albums that like came after it after it sort of like it's it really is on like the gap between in like the production style it's like on the gap between echo jams and then everything that came after floral shop like you can still see here how it sounds like an echo jams uh uh like album you know yeah definitely and yeah i think there's like a lot of stuff it like it's a little bit more jarring and how like the sample will be repeated over and over but then it'll be like pitched up a little bit um but like the way Vectroid will pitch it up will be like, uh, like, you know, when you pitch up like a sample, like in Fruity Loops or whatever, or like in any kind of, in any digital audio workspace, if you just pitch it up, the tempo also rises, right? So if you, uh, if you pitch up the sample, then the tempo of the sample rises with that, unless you have, uh, a unless you're using technology that stops that from happening so like you can hear like especially on the first track um when it when the sample is pitched up just a little bit uh the tempo like slightly rise the tempo just rises just a tiny bit you know um and that's like i feel like that is such a little move that establishes like such an authenticity with people who have like used fruity loops or whatever before like amateur djs in their bedrooms that were using uh digital software to like manipulate uh music like everybody will understand the kind of punkness of that you know yeah definitely yeah um and yeah i don't know i think that the like listening to this album is like the, it is very like repetitious but they like vectoroid also manipulates those samples quite a bit you know um, <laughs> so it never like it never just stays it's it never just stays like repeating and like it always kind of like changes up and like jars you in a way that you're not expecting you know um yeah and so that's something that i really like about it like it's definitely not just supposed to be like 
chill, chill music to relax and vibe to, you know? Yeah, do you think there's, like, a connection between, like, the music that it's sampling being traditionally understood as Muzak, something that is, like, disposable, and then the very nature of Vaporwave being that, like, you can release a bunch of fucking albums at once and, like, the disposable aspect of Vaporwave as itself, like, it's, like, Vaporwave albums are sort of a fleeting sort of, like, artistic output. And, that are um, not supposed to be, like, digested yeah, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that aren't supposed to be, like, really, like, thought about. And why is it, like, what is it about Floral Shop that makes it non-disposable? Like, why is Floral Shop this, like, the one, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why didn't Floral Shop just disappear into the woodwork? Yeah. As, yeah. like, as, the, because... Like that's what would uh, that's what happened to the music that it's sampling. That's what happened to most of the vaporwave releases that were released around the same time. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think that kind of just comes back to the fact that it was so innovative in so many ways, and like it's just a marker and like a flag, a fl- uh, just a point of reference to everything that came after it. You know. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure like what is special about it other than that, other than what we already talked about, that it's like, it just synthesized every, like so many trends into one totally recognizable thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's weird. Um, but like, what is that connection between like disposable music and like vaporwave? Like, I feel like that's a really big part of Vaporwave and, like, a lot of what it's trying to do. The idea that it cannot be sold, it cannot be, like, it cannot be a part of the music scene. It's meant to be recycled and, like, yeah, and it, like, and it ties directly into the very music that it's sampling, which throughout history has not been considered, like, important music or anything yeah um yeah i like i don't know how much of the sampling in floral shop is like actual music like is it all other than the diana ross song like is it all music or is i mean it... it sampled the diana ross song it sampled um this album called worldwide by an artist called dancing fantasy it was like an yeah. early '90s like album. And it sampled this band called um, what's it called? It's called Pages, like a soft rock band. And it sampled yeah. the Turok soundtrack. And then like in a lot of like other uh like Vectroid aliases, she sampled like really obscure like Japanese video game soundtracks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh. I don't know why it's, uh, Floral Shop like transcends uh, uh, our our musical our collective musical memory more so than any other uh, vaporwave uh, album. Um, I think there's like a lot more work put into vaporwave or put into uh, Floral Shop than like your average vaporwave album. Um, 
like again like that like that slow fade into like reverb at the like the very end of the album is definitely like pretty there's a lot of like work put into like making that sound the way it did you know and like like floral shop sounds not quite like any of the vaporwave that came after it you know yeah that was like my main like last point about floral shop as an album is that it doesn't make sense as like a purist vaporwave album like there's very little consistency to the tracks and um like i'm sure you uh you might might not know but like the the is this vaporwave meme yeah yeah that's basically what destroyed the vaporwave subreddit was yeah. like a billion people just posting whatever like they could think of and being like, is this vaporwave? Is this vaporwave? Yeah, yeah. And I think the reason that that happened was because the foundational product of Floral Shop was very inconsistent and it was unclear on like what is vaporwave. Yeah, so the, the album that inaugurated vaporwave itself is not clear whether it's vaporwave or not yeah uh yeah i don't like when you say that there's like i think that a big part of it is that there is less like consistency in the general sonic palette of floral shop than other vaporwave albums like there's more variation and it feels like it it doesn't understand like what it wants to be you know um and that's a big part of like what makes it uh different from other vaporwave albums and i think like we were talking about this before but like just the idea that it's like it was a vaporwave album that was made before vaporwave so it's still kind of clutching grasping trying to figure out what it is itself you know um and i think that does give it like a lasting appeal like you can listen to it and still get the idea that it's like an art like a super high art album uh, rather than like a specifically a vaporwave style high art album, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that those elements and um, the fact that nobody could ever really exactly conceive of what vaporwave is, I mean, to this day, there is no like exact definition of vaporwave. Like, there never has been one. Nobody yeah. knows exactly what it is. And, like, it exists outside of, like, a sonic palette. Like, Vaporwave has a sonic palette, but it's very undefined. And so yeah. when people, like, when important music writers and reviewers try and understand what Vaporwave is, they often come to this roadblock where it's like, well, what if I just like like i think fantano in a, he uh interviewed wasex and hke in yeah is like one of the first needle drop podcast episodes and like the entire episode of that podcast is just him asking those two guys like what is vaporwave like if you heard an album that didn't have a cover art it didn't have any track titles like it was just a random album like what would you be looking for to be like this is a vaporwave album and not neither of them have a good answer like yeah for sure 
and there yeah. really isn't a good one. Like, yes, yeah, and part of that is because of the uncertain status of the floral shop itself. Yeah, yeah, and all the albums that came out around it at the same yeah. time, like Echo Jams and Farside Virtual, sound nothing like each other. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, uh, I wonder if, like, I mean, I think people have, like, a pure sense of what Vapor, like, I think music reviewers, like, it's one of those weird concepts where you can understand it. Like, you understand, like, you have a very good intuitive understanding of it, but uh, when you try to explain what it is, it's very difficult to explain, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay. So the final, final question. Yeah. Does Floral Shop still hold up? Uh, yeah, I think it holds up now. It was re- straight up refreshing to listen to it. Like, I feel like it got better or not. I feel like it got a lot worse like maybe two or three years ago and then listening to it now it felt way more fresh you know I don't know um yeah it felt a lot more genuine and like raw and real I don't know uh like I just will always enjoy listening to it and uh it gives me so many like emotions that I don't quite know how to explain uh just purely on a sensual level like I it gives me a lot of feelings I don't know what to make of. And uh, yeah, for that alone, I think it's, uh, it's still, it still works. I think it still holds up. Um, like I said, like early on in my vaporwave career, I was definitely obsessed with the first half. Yeah. Um, looking back at it now, I'm more into the back half. Yeah. I love the like ambience of it. Um and I think, yeah, I think the first two tracks are, like, amazing. I think it's sort of like a perfect album. Like, it's sort of yeah. like a perfect 40 minutes of, like, this is the floral shop. Like, it, it, like, yeah. it really it makes sense. It's welcome. Yeah, it, get, it gets in and it gets out having said exactly what it wanted to say. Yeah. And, yeah, and then you're ready to, uh, it's ready to let you go. Yeah. um, And yeah, I think it holds up. I think it's really important, an important thing to look at as like a zeitgeist of like what's happened in internet music and internet culture since then. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Do you have anything else you want to say about Floral Shop? Um, uh, No, I think I'm good. I think we covered uh, just about everything that I had on my mind. Okay, before we leave, I did want to uh, go over some brief Vaporwave news, okay? Oh, yeah, let's go. So HKE is back to using the HKE moniker, and he has shut down Dream Catalog again. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone. He shut it down. Um, Hell yeah. So, yeah, hopefully he'll reopen it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) he shut it down three times this year already. But um, okay, so that's one thing. And then the other thing was that Oscob 
the owner of Bedlam Tapes, which stopped running in like 2017, he yeah. threatened to delete the entire uh, Bedlam Tapes Bandcamp page. And uh, after an overwhelming response, he decided to keep it open and released three new albums on it. So I'll have to go listen to those three new albums. I haven't listened to them yet, but... Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll be fodder for the next uh, for the next ep. Yeah, for the next ep, we'll review Oscob's eight-hour album and the three yes. new Bedlam Tapes albums. Hell yeah, sounds good. All right, um, do you have anything else, sir? I'm, I'm good. All right, well, sayonara. Uh, sayonara to you. Yeah.